Hey, Courtney. Sasha. Courtney? Sasha. Courtney. <laughs> we have to record a podcast. It's Soup Hour. Hour. Courtney is having a moment because she did very upsetting research guys, for today's episode. I was like, this is going to take me like 10 minutes. Bing, bang, boom. I'm going to skim an article. And I'm going to call I'm just it a day. sitting at her kitchen table <gasps> eating pho from the food truck that came to the neighborhood and just going about my day and just listening to her going, oh, oh no. I oh, God. I don't like I it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Anyway. Paranormal Comedy Podcast. <laughs> at Spoop Hour. Instagram, oh. Twitter. Email us, spoopower at gmail.com. Sasha, Courtney, <laughs> ghost stories. Patreon coming eventually. We're working on We're it. We're working on it. Stickers. Speaking of, we have merch. We do. We have merch. We've had the store for a little while. So, but we have new merch. But we have new exciting merch. Our chunky cryptid lines is out. I have ordered it already. Yes. Fill us tote bag? T-shirt. T-shirt. I, I was thinking about getting the tote bags. But I can't pick, a, I can't pick just one yet. Yeah. I keep, was, I keep, like, swapping between all of them, like, trying to figure out which one do I want. I narrowed it down. I was like, okay, this is the one I will buy first. Mm-hmm. So I got that one, and then I knew which one I wanted to buy for my Jack. Mm. So I ordered him a shirt as well. <laughs> so, yeah. It's mm-hmm. really cute. I wonder which ones you got. Hmm. I can t- I mean, yeah, I can tell, tell, tell us, us, yeah. Uh, do you want to try and guess? I'm yeah, it's okay. Guess. I'm not going to guess. <laughs> so, the one with the farmer in store isn't one of them. No, it's not. I, I know there is nothing. Yeah. I know, I was thinking about that. I was like, why don't we do a Chunky Nessie? Oh, well, maybe next time. Maybe next time. So, I got the Mothman one. Ah, yes, you would. Because yep. he was so cute in his little he Sand is so cute. Man Actually, ice. the funny his thing is, like, belly. The, I'm, like, really close to just getting the Mothman tote bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. worth it. I support that. But I also like the Jackalope. Yeah, I got Jack the Jackalope, because oh. his name is Jack, Duh. and Duh, among Duh, 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 his Duh. nicknames is Bunny. Not <laughs> from me. But just from but from his parents because otherwise I'd be like that's gross. But when it's from his parents, it's I'm from like, his parents. That's it's cute. less gross. Yeah. <laughs> so they they some his his mom in particular sometimes calls him Bunny. So I got him Aww. a jackalope because it's perfect because it's a jack and it's, it's a, a bunny. bunny. And so yeah, go buy our merch. It's on T Public. I think if you search Spoop Hour, it'll come up. Yeah, because our not, literally our account is just called Spoop Hour one word. It is. So it's tpublic.com slash stores slash Spoop Hour. And there's a bird peacock. There is. <laughs> That's. Guys. I almost cried at work today. Me too. <laughs> I almost cried to a hosier song driving home from work. So that's where I'm at in terms of my life. So, and like, it's not even one of the sad ones. <laughs> I just got oh really emotional because I'm very tired my Lord. and my work is yeah. cuckoo bananas right now. So anyway, the peacock shirt, much inspired by the lovely design that Augie Peterson of Augie, the short stories of Augie Peterson did for us. It says be pretty, but also eat garbage, which is something we said in an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. So we made that into a shirt. It's got a peacock on it. It says be pretty, but also so eat, eat garbage. garbage. You know, normal shit. 
Like you do. Like you do, when you're pretty, but you're also garbage. Yes. Like us. That would also be a good tote bag. I love a tote bag. I believe it is a tote bag. Whenever I put stuff on our Tee Public store, I'm like, what does it look good on? And then I just leave it on all the options. So yeah. there might be some options that you're like, that kind of looks like trash. Well, guess what? We're doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have like a tote bag problem. I love no, you a have good, tote bag solutions. Yes, I love a good tote bag. That's true, you do. I am the kind of person who will fold up, like, one of the small compactable ones uh-huh. and put it in my purse so that later, if I need it, I've got a tote bag, and then I just shove tote bags everywhere. We have, like, three different spots in my new house that are dedicated with, like, bags of bags. I'm because- not going to lie to you. I'm pretty sure I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, <laughs> and it is a tote bag. <laughs> But it's a special tip. It's a so special tip. So it'll be a surprise when you get it. Yes. Anyway, did anything spooky happen to you this week? <laughs> Aside from almost crying at work. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, when is whom among us? Oh man, so much, so much work stuff this week. You I'm, guys, I'm glad that I'm going to upstate New York and not work tomorrow. <laughs> I am not going to upstate I, New York. I'm going to work. I'm going far away from my problems, and I will give myself three days to decompress and. Yay prepare for a meeting next week that <laughs> is full of all sorts of anger. <laughs> do you want to hear about our snack before you tell about spooky I things? I do. So I got us, because it's fucking... calm down right now. <laughs> it's fucking fall, bitches. I got us pumpkin spice cream cookies. Ah! <laughs> That's so cute. They're really cute. They also make them in maple, and in a sandwich-style cookie, I would prefer a maple. Yeah. But they didn't have the maple ones at Harris Teeter. They just had it oh. on the box that they make maple ones. Maybe it, it wasn't. It smells on the box. really good, but also, yeah, maple maple sandwich cookies are really good. I love maple sandwich cookies. So, mm. 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 Mm-hmm. This is some good. It mm. does taste like pumpkin pie. I feel my problems melting away. This was a two dollar and fifty cent purchase at Harris Teeter, so it is the Dare brand of pumpkin spice mm. cookie. I dare you to try it. <laughs> it's fucking delicious. Dear Dare, pay us money. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. As we mentioned before, we are working on putting together a Patreon. Once it exists, if you give us money there, it will go towards things like me impulse buying us pumpkin spice cookies, mm-hmm. which are really good. Did anything spooky happen to me this week? Yesterday, Jack and I were sitting on the couch. Weird! And here we heard this clicking noise, mm-hmm. and Jack thought something was dripping. Uh-oh. He couldn't figure out what it was, and he kept listening, and I thought I was on the other side of him, and so I couldn't really hear what was happening. And, like, we were watching something, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Like, oh, we were watching game new gameplay of the Final Fantasy VII re- uh, remake, because mm-hmm. it's Tokyo Game Show week. But I'm, like, watching this battle, and he's hearing this clicking, and I'm like, what are you hearing? And, like, I thought he was going crazy. And so then he's, like, listening and going by the door, and he's like, I hear it closer to the door. I have a question. And, yes. Is it possible that he murdered a man and put his heart underneath the floorboards and or in the door? I would be very scared, but that wasn't what happened. Oh. Okay. Yes, so... As far as, as, far as I know. know. But <laughs> a bug got stuck in a spider web in, like, oh, the corner no. near the front door, and the bug was clicking, <laughs> and the spider had already, like, wrapped oh, it, and no. so it's just, like, chilling there, making clicking noises really loud, and, I, and Jack is on the floor, lying down, like, on his stomach, going... I'm watching something amazing right now. No, you're not. That's horrible. I'm looking at him, and I was, like, starting to get worried that, like, was someone outside of our house, like, clicking a pen or, like, trying to get Uh, our attention? (laughs) I don't know. What would you... And he's just laying on the floor watching watching, clicking a pen. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, what the hell is happening? And then, like, 
he just goes, I'm seeing something amazing right now. And then I went over and yeah, it was pretty astonishing. And then I was like, you know what? It's like 930. I need to take a shower and go to bed. And then I left him to it. <laughs> but and he's still there. Yeah, yeah, he's still there. Um, he he teleworked today. Because <laughs> he, he, had still to watch be there. The, he had to watch that spider and that bug. Yeah, so that was, I, I think it, it, the clicking part was spooky. The spider part wasn't. But if we were reversed roles, yeah. you would hate everything. You'd set the house on fire. Well, you would have hated what happened to me this week. Uh-oh. So we've well documented my odd habit at work of going up two flights of stairs to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And our staircase on Monday, it was probably three in the afternoon and like walking down the hall towards the staircase, I did hear an odd like whooshing sound, but I was like, eh, probably somebody just flushed this toilet or like the AC kicked on, it's making sure. a noise, whatever, normal whoosh, building stuff. Building noises. Buildings make whoosh noises. So I go to the staircase and I try to open the door and the door will not open. And by law, this staircase has to be unlocked mm-hmm. because it's our fire escape. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... Oh my god. And for a brief moment I thought someone's doing something bad on the other side and they've blocked the door. Oh no. And then because I'm very tired and have no sense of self-preservation this week, I was like, fuck it. And I just like full body linebackered the door. (laughs) And it's super heavy, super heavy. And I get in there and it slams shut behind me. And just something odd happened with the HVAC. I don't know what it was, but the entire thing, it was so windy in the stairwell that my skirt blew up. Oh my God. <laughs> Indoors, Marilyn Monroe over a sewer grate style. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And it was just super humid and it had a weird smell and there was a lot of wind going on. And I don't know what the fuck the deal was, but the doors were heavy the rest of the day and they were fixed the next day. Was it like the air pressure in there, maybe? No fucking clue. It's never done it before. I have worked at this building for four and a half years. You would think if it were going to do it, it would have done it before now. That but is so t- I have I have no answer. I don't know why. Nobody mentioned anything. Just you. Just me. That's a conspiracy against you. I'm not surprised. I did discover today that our printer is homophobic. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we also bought a homophobic printer because it was recently replaced, and I was printing certificates today. And only one person getting a certificate has been open on discussion forums about how he used to perform drag, and he's bringing mm-hmm. his partner to our conference, mm-hmm. and like talking about LGBTQ causes and all of this. And like his certificate, I printed seven times and six of the seven times the printer fucked it up. I printed 60 other certificates, no problem. But the printer is a homophobe and destroyed his certificate six times. That's scary. We have a weird bigoted ghost in my office. I think so. I think that's the only answer. That's the only answer. Which is, I don't care for it. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get rid, I don't care for bigots who are still alive. Yeah. I don't care for dead bigots who are haunting my things. No. Get the fuck out. On a more positive note, (laughs) speaking of ghosts, so I've been telling everyone who cares about how the Carlisle house has <laughs> got, like, a mummified cat that keeps it from being haunted, but the lawn outside the, you know, house Let's is be haunted. real. I'm sure you're telling everyone you know. So some of them probably don't care, but they do fucking now. Well, so, like, this, for example, this week I went out to dinner with my college best friend. I haven't seen her in a while, and so mm-hmm. I was just, like, kind of filling her in and, like, wedding stuff, and I go, and Courtney and I went on a ghost tour, and let me tell you. <laughs> it's not haunted, um, kind of. And the funny thing is she used to listen to our podcast but hey. then we did the Ouija board episode. <laughs> she was like, I'm out. You're my friend and I love you. I'm out. 
<laughs> and I was like, well, Courtney's bringing a Ouija board to the wedding, so I don't know. Yeah. She's like, she can't sit with me. No, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna break into your house, and I'm going to steal your Ouija board, historic Ouija board, and I'm going to whip it out during the ceremony and be like, everybody shut the fuck up. But speaking of, like, kind of weird, funky stuff with the wedding, today I was talking to, uh, I was in a meeting with other team leaders, and the leader of the team leaders she asked me today, oh, did you find a venue? And then one of my other coworkers who, I guess I hadn't told her like that I found a venue. And she goes, oh, when are you getting married? And I said, August 8th. And she goes, oh my God, that's like a significant date. Can I like, can you like not think I'm weird for a minute? And I was <laughs> like, you're my yoga instructor and my friend, like, I already don't think you're weird. And she goes, okay, well, there's this thing in like astrology and numerology about the number Double eight. Numbers. And then... August 8th in particular is when the Lion's Gate opens. Okay. And she said that it's, like, a really big, like, super positive energy thing where, like, anything that you are wishing for or putting out into the universe, like, returns to you in spades. Oh. Like, so, ghosts on a lawn, mm-hmm. but a lucky day. So, I think it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Auspicious. Yes. Yes. Like lions. Like and lions. Gates. And Gates. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk side. more about weird Virginia stuff, and then you started looking into cults and secret societies, and then a lot of your research went really sad. And then I really got sad. And I... <laughs> now I'm going to go cry while listening to Foreigner's God by Hosier again. I think we've talked... Again, a- not one of the sad ones. We've talked about this a lot before, that, like, we'll be like, oh, I have something I need to tell you. I need to have something to tell you. Oh, the research that I did this week is crazy, but we can't talk, we can't talk during about the it. week, yeah. because... So we're Because then it's awkward because it's like, hey, Sasha, I hear that you had a rather harrowing experience at school. Yeah, it's very, like, like, morning music. We can't, yeah, we can't, We gotta like, limit what we talk about. So we're good friends, but there's stuff that we can't also, talk about like, until we're recording. Don't ask me to talk about it right now. You don't ask me to talk about it right now. So but, oh my God. while you were doing your research, I was just very quietly sitting and eating my soup. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like I, I could not, you guys... So please Burn tell me, because now I want to talk to you. Okay, so step one, we're, we got to get through this secret society shit. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the cult shit, you guys. Mm-mm. You guys. <laughs> you guys. Watch. After all this build up, you're going to be like, that's it. And then I'm going to go cry while listening to Foreigner's God by Hosier again. <laughs> again. Okay. It isn't even a sad one. Mm-mm. Whatever. So... Let's talk about UVA secret societies with a special guest appearance by a secret society at William and Mary. Ooh, okay. Secret societies, what are they? Do they know things? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> so, most of this came from Wikipedia. Please give them some money. Money, money. Money, 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 money. Go shower Wikipedia with most of your money and then maybe save a little bit so you can get a chonky cryptid save on Save $1 tote. for us. Yes. Because these cookies were what? $2.50. And- $2.50. So, if you gave us a dollar a month, we could buy these cookies in two and a half months. Or if two and a half of you gave us. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like, we we get it. You have a Patreon. We want to give you money, but you actually have to fucking launch it, you dummies. <laughs> Go donate your money to Wikipedia yes. this month. In the meantime, please donate money to Wikipedia and maybe buy a chonky cryptid. All right. So this also came from UVAMagazine.com. So straight from the horse's mouth, as it were. <laughs> Or the Cavaliers. Yeah, the Cavaliers. I don't fucking... (laughs) That's how Cavaliers talk. No offense to UVA. (laughs) Some offense to UVA. Anyway. Go Dukes. (laughs) That's spooky. Oh, that's another spooky thing that happened to me. I now have... Going Dukes? No. I now have three former students in the marching world, Duke. Hey! I feel old. You should. As dust. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're decrepit. We're decrepit. Ugh, like the Crypt Keeper. Tell me about UVA. So, the University of Virginia, I don't know why when I wrote this this morning, I apparently was feeling saucy because I put the University of Virginia in parentheses, I roll. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Just like, UVA. <laughs> Coming out the gate hot, you guys. It is Thursday night. We are living large. We're doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, the University of Virginia, in parentheses, I roll, is home to a bunch of secret societies. Also, in my notes, I put, I wanted a bunch of Homer joins the stone cutters and shenanigans ensue type of secret societies, but for the most part, in modern times, they're pretty tame. Like, there's no, like, yeah. weird robes and, like, you know, paddles and hugs and no homers allowed. None yeah, of that. Yeah, it's yeah. just like pretty pretty standard shit. Yeah. So the vast majority of UVA secret societies in modern times really only have one secret and that secret is they mostly do anonymous philanthropic work. Yep, that's like JMU's like one secret yeah. society, IN8. They're looking for like altruistic students, but who are they? We don't, we don't know. know. Yeah. So with UVA, you know the philanthropic work was done by one of their secret societies when obviously one, it's done anonymously, and two, they'll leave behind a pitchfork, a pumpkin, the number seven, a purple quill, blah, 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 on and on and on to show that they've been there. But historically, they got up to some shit. So let's talk about that because that's way less boring. Some shit. Let's hear about the shit. Philanthropy. Philanthropy. I used to work in philanthropy. What is happening to me? One of the first secret societies at UVA was the Jefferson Literary and Debating Society, which sounds like a nerd club for nerds. I was really spicy this morning when I wrote this. Spicy. You were still worried about that wind tunnel. Don't worry about it. And then I put in parentheses, I say this as a nerd who would totally join a literary and debating society. See, I walk it back. So all you nerds who are now mad at me, I'm You were I'm an English you. major on the speech team. Exactly. I totally would have joined a literary and debating society. So, whatever. It started in July 1825, and its policy was simple. Members were, quote, not to divulge any of its proceedings or any that may occur in our halls. Everything seen, said, or done shall be held in utmost secrecy, and any member guilty of a violation of this obligation shall be ignominiously expelled. I'm too tired for that word. Basically, it's like Vegas. Yes, but it's the Jefferson Literary and Debate Society. (laughs) What happens in Jefferson Literary and Debate Society stays stays in in the Jefferson Jefferson Literary and Debate Debate Society. Except, spoiler alert, it did not. No. Almost immediately, everybody knew everything about the old J-Lads, as I put in my notes. J-Lads? J-Lads. Especially Jefferson himself, who was offered an honorary membership. (laughs) He declined, though, because there was already a rival literary society at UVA, and he wanted to, quote, preserve the inestimable consciousness of impartiality to all. Inestimable. And inestimable. Yeah, no, yeah, inestimable. Okay. Yeah. No, I just think it's Old like... Old-timey word. No, I was, yeah, I was just like, ignominable and inestimable. And like, no, 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 not... No, it's just like, who... Who among us uses yeah. words like... Nobody. In this 2019, is, in this economy? In this economy, I don't have time for $5 words. Although at the time, $5 with $10 million. I don't have time for your $10 million words, I'm Jefferson. Poor. I'm a poor... 1825 bullshit. Anyway. Donate to our Patreon. Donate to our Patreon. Anyway, so blah, 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 impartiality to all, but the equally inestimable exemption from all suspicion of partiality. And then I put in my notes, yeah, okay, you slave-owning D-bag. Because he's doing the peak like, I'm a white man, politics don't apply to me, so I can afford not to take a stand on things. That's how Jefferson talked in my mind. 
I did a little dance when I did it too. I mean, you know, Podcasts are not a visual They're not a visual medium, medium but Sasha can attest. I can attest. Good, You're doing like a nice like, little jig and being a white man. Yep. Peak white man. Peak right white now. man. Because he was even more of a hypocrite than we all already knew, Thomas Jefferson was in fact already partial to a different secret society on campus. After Mr. Ooh, new Personality, he was a member of the Flat Hat Club or FHC. <laughs> Which is real dumb. That's, okay. If, if the other one was a nerd club, that's a dweeb club. Yeah, this is super dweeb. So apparently it was a retconned, the abbreviation. Originally it started out as Latin for, like, collegiality and, like, friends and honor and whatever. Like, whatever the Latin sure. for that is. But then they were calling it FHC and then people retconned it to be the Flat Hat Club, probably referring to mortarboards. But, you know, read more about it on Wikipedia. It was interesting. Anyway, the FHC originated at William and Mary and debuted to six members and no clear purpose. But that's okay because they had a secret handshake, secret silver medals for members to wear, which spoiler alert is a real fast way to tell people you're in a secret society is if you wear a fucking medal. Be like, hey, what's that medal for? I don't know. You in a society? Is it like a club pin? Don't don't worry about it. But you're wearing a silver medal. I have questions. Don't worry about it. Is it something like I can join? I want a silver medal. Okay, this conversation's over. (laughs) (laughs) And thus your secret society is no longer a secret. (laughs) And also they gave out certificates to members. I don't know what they gave out certificates to members for. There were only six members. I assume it was like most rad and happiest dude. I don't know. That's pretty much all they did, though. (laughs) Mostly, the Flat Hat Club met at a local tavern for, quote, discussion and fellowship, which I suspect is Wikipedia's euphemism for founding father binge drinking. Yeah. Like, that's for sure what they were doing. They were at a tavern. They were probably not like, hey, pish posh friend. They were just like, ha ha, quaff. Yeah. (laughs) Or diddling each other. Por que no los dos? Por que no los dos? (laughs) Pour me another one. Let's diddle. Fun fact, in 1776, a man named John Heath tried to become a member of the Flat Hat Club and was turned down. So instead, he went and he formed his own secret society, (laughs) the Fraternity Phi Beta Kappa, which is a nerd club for nerds that I am a card-carrying member of. Nerd! It's got a secret handshake that I'm not sure if I can still do because I've only done it like one time to my one friend at JMU who was also in Phi Beta Kappa because it was... We were the inaugural chapter. Like, they got it. We got invited in because we're nerd clubs for nerds. Whatever. And then I also have a secret greeting that I can definitely still do, but whatever. It's a secret. It's a secret. Don't worry about it. It's pretty straightforward. But I put in my notes, suck it, you non-nerds. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I was in a music sorority, and we have a secret handshake, too. Oh. 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 And we have a password. Oh, we don't have a password. We get little keys. PBK's whole thing is keys. Keys. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, nerd club for nerds. <laughs> Back to UVA and their nerd club for nerds. Historically, UVA students got into a lot of 1800 style trouble, which I guessed in my notes was probably not wearing their neckerchiefs and trying to look at ladies' ankles. I was just thinking about 1800s trouble and that one ghost in the northern part of the Alexandria ghost tour who, like, fell asleep in the road and his head rolled off. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's 1800s shenanigans. <laughs> Yes, a lot of that at UVA. No, mostly I imagine they were trying to look at ladies' ankles and like, drink some beer. The slutty sluts. <laughs> Faculty did not care for the rise of organized student groups, though. Like, even the Jefferson Literary and Debating Society, which, again, is nerd club for nerds. <laughs> 
they were like, we can't have this. The students are going to get their own ideas. They're not going to respect authority anymore. We're going to lose our control. <laughs> They're going to go crazy with power from literacy and debates. We can't have this. Sounds like America 2019. <laughs> and especially the administration hated it because the clubs operated in secret. So how can you exercise authority over a group that you aren't 100% sure exists? Like, what are you going to do? Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate, atheists. These authority-loving faculty members would be very disheartened to hear about the next UVA secret society we're going to talk about, the Hot Foot Society. Hot. Hot, hot foot. Hot footed. Da 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 da. I got a foot that's a hundred degrees. <laughs> I'm hot footed. I'm hot footed. <laughs> Established in 1902 during Mardi Gras, so you know it's going to oh, be a party. Oh, that's spicy. Oh, it's going to get spicier, girl. I was like, ooh. This one sounds fun. This is not a nerd club for nerds. This is a cool club for cool kids. <laughs> but you go to UVA. But you go to so, U- you so it's a, a given value. Nerd. Cool. You go to UVA in 1902. Like, yeah. you're probably still a nerd. Anyway, the Hot Foot Society had one very obvious mission mm-hmm. party hardy all the time. Toga. Toga. For sure, they were having toga parties because they were known for throwing what UVA magazine called elaborate bacchanalian public ceremonies. So they would like throw confetti, they would like parade around, they'd drink, they had a whole thing. They would name a new king in true Mardi Gras fashion, like with the king cake, but I don't think they used the king cake. I think they were just like, yeah, king! Do you think yeah. they jumped off of platforms with umbrellas like that one in Gilmore Girls? Oh, what I, I was thinking about that one yeah. in Gilmore Girls as I was writing these notes. And, and they'd go on, like, elaborate camping trips in weird, the woods rich with kid catered. camping yeah. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That episode was, like, a weird acid trip. Dr. Like, Elisa Lucas. really preppy acid trip. Dr. Elisa Lucas, you can go ahead and skip the next 15 seconds, but I really don't like that boyfriend of Rory's. I don't <laughs> like Logan. I think he's the worst. I like Veronica Mars's Logan. I hate Gilmore Girls' Logan. I think he's a rich douchebag who thinks he can buy his way out of trouble, and I don't care for it. He probably voted for Trump. He for sure voted for Trump! And then in the fucking, they bring it back, the revival series, he's fucking cheating on his fiance with multiple women, including Rory. And I'm just supposed to be okay with that? And it's like, the greatest forgotten love story. No, break up with your fiance and then sort your shit out, and Logan. Go I got really mad about off Logan. A platform and then go with an umbrella. jump off a platform with umbrellas. <laughs> anyway, the Hot Foot Society, probably led by a D bag like Gilmore Girls' is Logan. <laughs> Went too far with one of their pranks oh. and got into a lot of trouble. Are you ready Uh-oh. to hear about this? I'm ready this? to hear about this. Did someone's head fall off? No. Okay. It's better. <laughs> In the early hours of Easter morning, 1911, so they've been around for nine whole years, UVA found that its academical village had been completely taken over by all the stuffed animals, snakes, and, quote, other varmints from storage. Each had been placed behind professors' desks in classrooms and in front of the professorial residences on the lawn. So they just took all of these, like, taxidermied animals and they were like, squirrel goes here, beaver goes here, wolf goes here, here's a snake, have a great time! What? That's so funny! <laughs> and then, one of, in a recounting of it, I can't remember the person's name, but it's mentioned in UVA magazine, but they were like... One well-lubricated gentleman, which I'm assuming means he was drunk, Drunk. but in my head I was like, he buttered his feet because he went into a dorm room and stole a chamber pot for use as their ceremonial beer stein, which is super gross and you shouldn't do it. But again, keep in mind, 
Imagine that he's doing it with like lard on his feet, so okay. he can just like slide no, in, you, grab it, and slide imagine, out. When you said lubed up, you know what I imagined? Sasha, no. Just straight up, he was just like covered in Vaseline <laughs> head to toe, and was just like this big shiny, gloppy like person rocking around, leaving a trail of just, goo. Don't mind me. I'm gonna take your chamber pot. What the fuck, man? <laughs> what is this man? And then they drank beer out of it, which like, is like the. Yep. The episode of The Simpsons when Willie rips off his shirt and goes, Grease me up, woman. (laughs) (laughs) He was well lubricated. He was well lubricated. (laughs) Again, when I first wrote it this morning, I did not put two and two together and put together that by well lubricated they meant drunk. But they for sure meant drunk. But I really thought, like, he had greased... Because I'm coming off of Paul Bunyan and his ham feet. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking, okay, that's what they did. They rubbed fat on their feet and they slid around places. Paul... Bunyan. <gasps> that Sasha's pointing at her foot. That's where we get the term is that's one the ham origin feet. of bunions <laughs> is ham feet. So stop rubbing ham on your feet, you fucking weirdos. Go join a nerd club for nerds instead. <laughs> anyway, UVA was like, this is too fucking much. You guys partied too hard. This prank is super serious, which like is it's a very wholesome prank. Like they it's not even live animals that can like wreak havoc and attack people. It's genuinely all like taxidermy from what I can tell which is kind of why do they have so much taxidermy and why was they were like it was in a storage in a basement and it's like this is the 19 early 1900s this was like peak yes this is my deer head I keep it on the wall because it's classy and I like it why were they in storage why would you have so many in storage like it seems like I'm not a big fan of pranks but if I were to be a big fan of pranks, this is the kind of prank I could get behind because it's just like, oh my god, you put a stuffed rabbit behind the desk like the stuffed rabbit was teaching the class. That's so silly. Professor Bunny. Oh, Professor Bunny. Everybody turn to page 176. We're going to start today's lesson. And then whenever you come to class, you bring him a carrot. Oh my god. And he's going to have such good vision. Anyway, Professor Bunny. So UVA got really mad at UVA Professor Bunny. UVA got super mad about Professor Bunny because they hate fun, I guess. <laughs> and so they issued an official decree banning the Hotfoot Society. They were like, no more of this shit. You're going to get severely disciplined if we are found anywhere near the Hotfoot Society. If anybody so much as, like, breathes wrong near a toe guy, swear to God, you guys. And so instead... The IMP Society rose? I have heard of IMP. Yes. So IMP was mostly Hotfoot Society members who were like, okay, let's just like, we were at an 11, let's maybe turn it down to like a 9. So we're still partying pretty hard, but not so much that we're going to attract undue attention. Mm -hmm. So they did basically the same shit, but they did so slightly under the radar so that they were allowed to exist. And I believe they still exist to this day. Yes, because I think I've been, I think I know about IMP because... I've been to UVA a couple of times, yeah. and I think, like, when I was with my friends, they pointed out, like, oh, and then there's IMP, like, like yeah. something related to IMP, and they were like, that's the secret society. Yeah. But I that's don't know anything beyond. Them. Yeah. And then I have two that I put down, just because they have fun names, but in my skimming of what their deal is, they didn't sound very fun, <laughs> but their names fun are fun. Names. You have the P-U-M-K-I-N Society. That's pumpkin? right. That's the Pumpkin Society. Oh, my but God. But it's initials. And then you also have the Mystic Order of Eli Banana. <laughs> Okay. Which I believe is ruled by a grand banana. It's some sort of, like, grandiose banana name is who runs the... Both of those still exist. Interesting. But they don't They do not do a lot of fun shit. It's just their names I feel like fun. now is too late for me to be like, hey, did you go to UVA? Do you know things about this? Email us at spookpower at gmail.com. No, because it's not. Because we've been... 
shitting on UVA the entire yeah, they're time. Like, they're I'm not going to fucking email you about it. They haven't. Fuck you guys. They didn't make it this far. <laughs> They've already turned the podcast off. They're leaving us a one-star review on iTunes. And these I girls thought, went to JMU. I thought this was a fun podcast, but then they pooped all over my school. And I that's will, why I put an eye roll after UVA. Anticipation I will say, at least UVA is not Virginia Tech, am I right? <laughs> Are Virginia Tech listeners like, ugh, 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 podcast off. And meanwhile, our JMU listeners are like, yay! yay. Except for my college best friend who's like, I can't listen to you anymore because of the Ouija board. No, she's going to sense that we're shit-talking UVA and Virginia Tech right now, and she's going to turn it right back on. Hooray! The episode of this will be called Shit-Talking Every Other Virginia School <laughs> and gonna, Also Cults. <laughs> it's going to be a really long episode title with a bad word in it. It's fine. <laughs> We, we do genuinely love all people equally on Spoop and Hour, also, regardless of what university we, they may or may not have gone to. We love the state of Virginia, too. We have a lot of good it's universities. A it's not a state. Oh, I know, but, what you know, I know it's a commonwealth. I, I didn't know. want to be pedantic. I have to be pedantic because I'm a certified notary public. And they, <sighs> That's true. You, you, I can charge up to $5 for being pedantic yeah. every time I am pedantic. Well, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good commonwealth with lots of good colleges and universities. Some and of them people, have silly secret societies. People come from other states to go to our schools. They do. They're all good schools. They're all good schools. Even Brent. our community colleges are good schools. That's true. Yeah. So we're bringing it back up, but also fuck UVA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yesterday was... Mystic Order of Eli Banana no, Day. No, was oh. yesterday the like eighth anniversary of us beating Virginia Tech? It was. Yeah. Eighth, yes. It seems right. No, ninth, because it was my, uh, it would have been my first semester of senior year, which would have been oh, okay. so 2010, yeah. so nine years. Yeah, nine years. Oh yes. my God, we are old as dust. It's Thursday the 12th, for context. Yeah. We yes, beat Virginia Tech. The anniversary we just brought up about September 11th was us beating Virginia Tech and not the other one. Yeah. No, you shouldn't be surprised at this point. We, we grew up in Northern Virginia. It's been a whole thing, It's guys. been a whole thing. We're doing Let it. us have the Virginia let Tech us, thing. Let us have the fact that we beat Virginia Tech 21-16 nine years ago yesterday. <laughs> When you're listening to this, it's been like a week, and you guys are like, oh my god, this is the worst. My favorite thing is whenever one of my coworkers still has a 2116 thing up ah. in her classroom, because she also went to JMU, yeah. and I was looking at it the other day, I was like, I'm so old, and also we're still celebrating this one victory yeah. from almost a decade Guess ago. Guess what? We're never going to stop <laughs> celebrating it, motherfuckers. <laughs> it was a great day. Mm. My, I had, yesterday, all my Facebook memories were like, 2116, and like eight pictures that I got tagged my, in because we were at the game and My whatever. favorite thing is how tired and old I am now, and then remembering that I was miserable for most of that day until we started until winning we because it was raining. It was Our color guard rain. bus broke down on the side of the road before we got to Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. We had to My, cram you into other the buses. Bus, yeah, yeah. And, like, and some other buses. And then the equipment manager, who is the new third roommate in this household, yes. and I didn't count the raincoats properly. And there were, we were short raincoats because we didn't realize that like we didn't account for like all the new members who had joined. And so we got chewed out by our coach. And... Our science roommate went catatonic, and I just openly wept the entire game. And I, it was raining, so I was already wet. And so everyone was like, you're crying. I was like, no, it's just raining on my face. 
And they're like, no, you're really crying. And I was like, no, I wasn't. So my college best friend, the one I had dinner with the last night, uh, the other night, took me to the bathroom and I looked at myself and it was just like bright red. Yeah. <laughs> but then we started winning and everything was good. And then we got then. back to Harrisonburg and yeah. I was out until 5 a.m. partying that night. It was a great night. It was a great night. And then I got to cut the line for cake because yeah. Virginia Tech had bought us a cake to say thanks for driving all the way out here. Sorry, you had to watch yourselves lose. Yeah. But then we beat them and then they gave us cake anyway. But I was standing there not making a facial expression and my face looks sad when I don't make a facial expression. So their band director saw me and he goes, you look really sad. Let's get you some cake. And so he brought me to the front of the line and handed me a piece of cake. That's so funny because (laughs) my experience with the cake stuff was like all of us just like ridiculously excited. Yes. And then... All of the like TBS and KKSI members who were passing out the cake from Virginia Tech were like, just take your cake. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, they were real bad. They were so they were mad. so bad, and it was amazing. Anyway, remember Look, this moment of levity because it's about to. We are get... like, I, I feel like I'm up here right now. Like I'm just like so happy. I'm gonna drag you down. 2000. Hold on to that feeling. 2010. It's about to get rough. And I'm like, I know it's about to get rough, and so I'm just sitting here for a second basking in 2116 because I know you're about to depress me. <laughs> Buckle up, cupcakes. We're about to talk about a cult. I mean, so most of this is from a Washington Post article. I'll give you details later, but it's a cultish type thing. I don't think we can explicitly call them a cult. I don't know. Poor K. Well, because I, I don't want us to get sued. Oh, okay. But we're not calling it we're a cult. We're not calling it a cult. We're just saying that it's a very intense religious thing that may or may not ostracize people who aren't in the church and who have really strict guidelines about who you can talk to and what you can do and the kind of horrible shit that goes on. We're not saying, okay, paraphrasing Kanye West, we're not saying it's a cult, but they're not messing with no emotionally well-rounded people that they can't manipulate. You know? You know? You know? But don't sue us because we don't have any money to... We don't. Sued. We don't even have a Patreon yet, so get out of here. I'll change your name if you can. Whatever. They didn't see the Washington Post, so. It is the cultish type thing that is geographically closest to us, and that is the Cavalry Temple in Sterling, Virginia. Oh. Sterling. I used to live there. The Washington Post relates the harrowing tale of a woman named Cynthia whose mother and father became involved in the church. Basically, her mother was their gateway in. She and her father were going through some marital troubles, and then her father ultimately went to jail. And during that time, her mom, Sarah, got really involved in this church. And this is the 1980s. Star Robert Scott was the charismatic leader of the church, and he had taken the humble roots of the Herndon Assembly of God in 1973 and transformed it into the conglomerate it is today. It has its own, or at least it had, I don't know if it still has, I hope it still doesn't have it. It had its own school for members. It has a, quote, race car ministry that Scott uses to display his car and motorcycle collection. And most importantly, it is its own standalone ministry that voted to separate from the, basically, it it used to be a subset of Christianity. Sure. And they were part of this, like, you know, assemblage of different people on the same, like, division of Christianity. Yeah. And then they voted and they were like, we're not going to do that anymore. We're our own independent thing. We don't have to report to anyone. Okay. Not not great. Anyway, so after that vote, members were mandated to tithe 10% of their income, which let's be real, it's a lot of fucking money, particularly for people like Cynthia's mom, who at the time was working for the hair cuttery. Like literally in the article, it talks about how part of why she got so close with the church is because she was able to get 
childcare for her two young daughters while she worked at the haircuttery because she couldn't afford to put them in a daycare and then she couldn't pay the church for this daycare so instead she gave free haircuts to church members so 10 percent of her haircuttery income is now going to this church and additional donations were very strongly encouraged particularly for a building project that never actually happened it was like hey we're passing around a collection for this building thing and then that building never got built. Hmm. Wonder where that money went, Star Wars. I was, Scott, how is your car collection looking? Really hoping that this would be like, you know, that Simpsons cult. Yeah. So far. Yeah, hey, there well. was another one that I thought I was going to talk more about. It's basically, we have a hippie commune near us where it's like, they're all about like collective, let's share incomes. We all share child rearing. We share food, share, sure, share, share. Sure. It's just like hippie nonsense. And I was like, I'm a real quick touch on this Washington Post article and then we're going to go over to some hippie nonsense. We're going to have a great time. No, that's not what happened. No. But now so, I wish we were going to hippie nonsense because that sounds much more pleasant. It does. Hold on to hippie nonsense in your okay. heart. Okay, I'll hold on to it. Oh, and that's the other thing. Calvary at Scott's behest, Scott again being the charismatic leader, mm. changed its charter to, quote, meet biblical standards, which mostly just ended the financial transparency and nixed the doctrine of voting that had previously governed the church. Uh-huh. Both fine things. Sure. Nothing bad happening. Nothing bad is happening. Scott also handed down a mandate that all members were required to send their children to the church's school. I'm using the term school loosely here because it is a non-accredited K-12 school literally attached to the church. While Virginia officially banned the use of corporal punishments in school in 1989, Uh Calvary decided that that was a rule for the kind of people who aren't them. Per Cynthia, children were frequently disciplined in a small storage room holding only a metal folding chair and a wooden paddle. So basically, misbehaving children were led into this room, told to hold onto the chair, and were paddled with a wooden paddle. Uh-huh. Standard practice was three to five spanks for off- offenses like not turning in your homework, talking in class, and just like standard childhood ways of acting out. It's normal stuff. Yeah. They were getting beaten with a wooden paddle. For that. And (laughs) sometimes children would be paddled in excess of nine times with their punisher targeting the same spot to maximize pain. No. And according to at least two former teacher's aides who spoke to the Washington Post, some children would be paddled for symptoms that were later diagnosed as autism. Great. Yeah. That's... What the fuck? Yeah. And again, this is in Sterling. That is not far from us. No. Yeah, so we're like, okay, 80s, not great. Anyway, Cynthia has asthma, and routinely her cheerleading coach at the school would deny her use of her inhaler. She'd be like, hey, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. exercising, my asthma's acting up, can I use my inhaler? And the coach would tell her no, and would force her to run laps instead. Spoiler alert, that does not cure asthma. Cynthia eventually confided in her mother that she was being abused at school, but when her mother asked the school about it, essentially the school said that Cynthia was a liar and a troublemaker. Uh Uh-huh. Cynthia, who at the time of all of this happening, she's in middle school now, so she's in seventh grade. A friend of hers had just gotten expelled from the school, and now Cynthia is like, honestly, I think that's for the best. Like, she's free now. And so she started fantasizing about getting expelled like her friend had. She started spending more and more time with her cousins and neighborhood friends who weren't in the church. Mm-hmm. But in the church's eyes, she was spending her time with quote-unquote heathens. Uh-huh. And so she was more frequently beaten for acting out in this way. God. Yeah. 
after two years of this, so she's now in the ninth grade, Cynthia's teacher told her, teachers told her that she wasn't a Christian anymore and thus she could not attend school for hanging out with neighborhood kids and her cousins. Around the same time, Cynthia's younger sister was being interrogated by a deacon's wife in the church. How is Cynthia behaving? Does she cause trouble? Cynthia's sister told their mother, Sarah, about this line of questioning, and Sarah in turn told Cynthia that she could no longer live with them. She would later send her off to live with her grandparents after giving Cynthia two hamsters as parting gifts. Cynthia was 15. So because the church said Cynthia's not good, mm-hmm. her family just Her strayed. mom said, okay, you gotta go. We Instead can't have you living like, here. You're a bad influence on your sister. Instead of being like, hmm, maybe it is the church who is the problem. Yeah, and not my daughter. And not my daughter. Nope. It's okay. This That part of the story has a happy-ish ending. Okay. Spoiler alert for the end of the Cynthia narrative. We'll get it. Because, yeah, this just unsettles me as a teacher... Yeah. One about the all like the corporal punishment. Yeah, that's fucked. And then to a teacher of students who, who some of whom are have been diagnosed with autism. Yeah. And need a different way sometimes of learning or yeah. like, like even just like expressing themselves, right? Yeah. And have that. And then also a teen a teacher of teenagers. And so like Cynthia just wants to go hang out with her neighborhood friends. Yeah, that's fine. What she's the, what a well-rounded kid. She's 15. I, I have students who are 15 and like I can't imagine them being just like kid, being punished, punished for hanging out with kids. No, yeah. They weren't even like it's not like they were like, you know, causing trouble and breaking windows or no, right. they were just hanging out. That's it. And they were like, "Oh, you're affiliating with heathens." Not great. Much like Scientology, uh-huh. um, which is another cult. Don't sue me, you weird cult asshole Scientology. Calvary encourages families of those who have quit or been expelled from the church to cut them out entirely. So this includes phone calls, emails, text messages. They're even told that if you run into them at the store, you should treat them, quote, as if they are dead. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, and like... This Washington Post article is incredible. Again, I'll tell you the information at the end and you can read it. I highly recommend you read it in its entirety. They talk to a bunch of people who used to be in this church. And some of them are like, I've never met my grandchildren because my daughter's still in the church. They live four miles away from me. One woman took to, she would write messages in chalk Uh on her daughter's driveway to try and communicate with her grandchildren. But they either don't see them or they don't respond. It's just, it's really sad. And that's some culty nonsense. Not great. In 2002, Scott, again, our leader, told members of Calvary that his wife Janet was dying. And this is where I started getting vocal about, well, I don't know what I was expecting. Among her final words to her 55-year-old husband were that he should remarry. You know, super normal stuff when you're dying. Being like, honey, go get yours. In his sermon two weeks later, Scott said that Leviticus arguably the least chill part of the Bible, forbade, quote, high priests from mourning their dead wives. Instead, they were to, quote, take a wife in her virginity. And this was the first point where I said, Sasha, because yikes. I don't know what I was expecting, but I don't care for that. Not one little bit. 
Yeah. Right? Oh, it's going to get worse. I'm so sorry. Oh, great. Be okay, yeah, because if that's the part where you start going, Sasha, and I'm just eating my noodles upstairs. <laughs> it increased in frequency from there. Yes, it did. So here we go. Here we fucking line, go. Towards okay. the end of this sermon, Scott brought out 20-year-old Greer Parker, a member of the congregation. She was wearing a suit, and her hair had been recently bobbed. They would be married within the week. What? He's 55. She's 20. He's the leader of a church. She's in the congregation. And that was the beginning of the end for many now ex-CTers, which is how they refer to themselves when mm-hmm. they leave the church. Per most Christians, they believe that the only high priest is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So they're like, how about you calm the fuck down, Scott? You're not Jesus. Like, so you're not included in this high priests don't mourn their dead wives rule from Leviticus. Also, around, like, within the next six years, an email from Scott's son and his daughter-in-law circulated in 2008, alleging that Scott had been molesting his two young nieces. Um. Yeah. In the words of the email, quote, they were just innocent children and you abused your power and authority. The pair did report their allegations to the police, but Virginia declined to, to, to file charges because the bulk of the abuse had occurred in California in the 70s. Mm. And so they were like, we recommend that you file charges in California. Mm -hmm. And one of the two nieces confirmed the abuse. Basically, Washington Post was able to get a redacted police report about this whole incident in Mm -hmm. 2008. And one of the nieces named in the police report did confirm in the police report this happened. So this wasn't just bad blood in the family. This was this was this was a legitimate grievance. The women ultimately did not press charges, Mm. which is understandable. A friend of one of the girls reported that her father had helped force Scott out of his original Bakersfield, California congregation where he was a youth pastor because he was described as being hypersexual and all he wanted to do was talk about sex, particularly among the young girls he sought out for his youth group. In 2014, an ex who was still in the church at the time secretly recorded a conversation with Scott about the assault allegations. Scott said that the email circulated was full of, quote, inaccuracies and gossip, but he never directly denied the molestation charges, saying, quote, the fact that only three people on earth really know. If those three people are reconciled and things are fine with them, then what problem is it with anyone else? One of the nieces told the Washington Post, I have forgiven him, but I haven't forgotten. Mm. In March 2018, Britt Peterson, who is the author of the article that you should 100% read, the article is called The Exiles, and it's by Britt with two Ts, Peterson, spelled the traditional way. So Britt tried to speak with Scott. They attended a Sunday service in 2018, March 2018, and they were asked to leave before... Uh, ultimately speaking with him. Mm -hmm. Later, they went to a public car show in the parking lot of the temple where Scott was showing off his collection of luxury cars and Mm -hmm. motorcycles. And again, they approached Scott, but he told them they weren't welcome on church property. Mm -hmm. And, like, genuinely, he was like, you heard what I said, you gotta get out of here, and he had them escorted off the property. Oh, God. More and more XCTers were starting to fight back around this time. More mm-hmm. have come forward with allegations of sexual abuse and abuse in general against other deacons within the church. In 2017, 
this is where I was getting really upset because I was like, oh no, this is recent. I was hoping mm-hmm. this was going to end with, and then it was broken up and there's no problems now. It's kind of like we're reading this book in my English class right, or one of my English classes right now. Yeah. And I keep trying to tell them this, this is like a very recent thing mm-hmm. and like recent, recent, recent. And today I even still had a student raise their hand like, so are these people still alive? And I was like, Yes, literally one just graduated from college last year. Ugh. Like, and I have to keep showing them like the date in the yeah. thing where I'm like, this was 2003. Yeah, like, no, t- this is 2013. Oh my you guys. god! Like this case, and the the case came out in a book in 2017. Like this is oh, a very recent no. book, and they were like, uh, and I was like, where were you guys in 2013? Yeah. I was finishing. Uh, I I had just finished grad school, and they were like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I used to work at Robinson yeah. in 2013. Time. Too soon. It is upsetting. And that's part of what was getting me about this article is, one, it's very close to us. Like I said, I used to live in Sterling. Yep. Yeah, geographically. I'm pretty sure I have driven past this church. Yep. Yeah, because actually, I had to look it up because you said cavalry, and I was like, uh-oh. But I think I was thinking, there's a cavalry Baptist church? No, that's, I don't think this, this not, is. This is, this, to, this, this is the This is cavalry temple. Temple, yeah. And so I was like, okay, it's not the same cavalry. Yeah. But then I was looking at it, I was like, oh, no, I, I know approximately where this is. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> driven, because, like, I pulled it up on Google Maps, and I looked at the picture, and I was like, yeah, I've definitely driven past this. Yes, The Exiles by Britt Peterson, again, is the name of the article in the Washington Post. So, 2017, almost modern day. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives raided an apartment belonging to the church, seizing a number of firearms and computers. But the XCTers are starting to become concerned that Scott's wealth and local influence are protecting him from more serious charges. Mm-hmm. The church in total owns about a dozen properties valued at $10 million. So, from the article, some XCTers are worried that even if the abusers within the church are brought to justice, the church itself... Quote, which has, after all, existed in plain sight in upscale Loudoun County for decades, end quote, uh-huh. will not be taken down. Because you have to understand, Loudoun County is one of the richest counties in America. Yes. It is. It's just, it's just wealth on top of wealth. Like, yeah. Northern Virginia in general is a very expensive place to live. Loudoun County is, like, super rich. Yeah. Like. It's like, Fairfax County has pockets of rich. Yes. Loudoun County is pretty much just... Just a pocket full of rich people. Rich people. people. <laughs> so, you know, XCTers are looking at it like, okay, so here's this church. We know they have $10 million in property, mm-hmm. $6 million of which have been invested into the church itself. Does it matter if we come forward with these allegations of abuse? Because the reach is so great and there's there's so much money behind it in this really wealthy place. It's like, they've been public about the abuse allegations for at least the past 11 years, if not longer. And nothing has been done. It exists in plain sight. I drove past it and just thought it was another church. Anyway, Cynthia's family has now all left the church. Basically, Cynthia's younger sister left. I can't remember if there was a specific inciting incident or if she finally just left for her own good. Mm -hmm. And then once she left, her parents kind of were like, oh, the problem wasn't our other daughter. The problem is the church itself. So they left. They are working on rebuilding their familial relationship. And the article talks about how, like, you know, her parents have acknowledged this was our fault. We put you into this situation. We put you into this church. But yeah, so basically her mother has apologized for what happened. Her father hasn't because in his terms, he's, he's a prideful man. So it's kind of a struggle for him to apologize to his daughter for this thing yeah and he's like i did try once but she wasn't ready to hear it and cynthia said yeah i i I wasn't he was like i'd do it again now 
I'd apologize to you. And she said, I, I would not take it. I would refuse. Mm. But they are, they're trying to make it happen. They're, they're working okay. together to rebuild the, their familial relationship. Yeah. But like, yeah. So this was an upsetting article. Yeah. But I it's really compelling. I can't wait. I was looking at some of the photos from it. I can't wait to read it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very compelling, but it is. It was it's, a rough one, y'all. That was a rough one. It was a rough one. Here, here, let's uh, lift up. I, I pulled up one weird Virginia thing Yay. that I thought might... We and might. again, there's also a hippie commune that isn't even kind of close to us, but it's just like a bunch of people trying to like make hippie things happen. Uh, okay, do you want a spooky story that's just in a different spooky way, or do you want like something f- silly? Either. Keeler's okay. choice. It can't be as bad as all that. So now you see why I was like, Sasha. Sasha. Yeah. There all was, right. Yeah. Let's listen to, in the chapter, Local Heroes and Villains, P.D. Gwaltney and his century-old pet ham. Hey! Did he rub it on his feet? Navigating the weird world, one can easily become jaded. All manner of strangeness passes our eyes each and every day, so it takes an odd item, indeed, to seize our attention. We've seen pet rocks gazed upon people walking invisible, stiff-leashed dogs, and even witnessed a hissing pet cockroach. Ooh. Not just the clicking bug. No, but a hissing... There is an episode of America's Next Top Model where the designer insists that they walk with bejeweled Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Oh, good. And one girl, like, super freaks out about it and is like, oh, I can't... But other of them are just like... Yeah, there's a bug on me, and I'm also modeling couture. It's fine. Yeah. It's a very The clothes are episode. fun. Yeah. I believe it's from season six. Okay. Maybe season seven. I love America's Next Top Model. It's a great... Go watch some America's Next Top Model. It's frequently off the rails it's and just the great. opposite of that story I just read about yes. the temple. <laughs> um, but never have we come across an old pet ham. Oh, my beloved ham. Sound a bit gamey to you? Yeah. <laughs> Fear not. That's a meat joke. As we've now learned, proper curing can drastically reduce the stench of departed pork, thereby ensuring many, many happy decades of close friendship. Uh, Here's the okay. thoroughly bizarre backstory to Smithfield Ham Man and his century-old pet ham. Like pet, the Smithfield no, Ham? No, it's just... I think it's just a man... No, this is the originator of Smithfield oh Ham. Oh my god! He had, he had a pet ham. Smithfield Ham is like, I don't know if you guys have it in other parts of the country or Tell us. Spoopower at gmail.com. Yes. But we have Smithfield Ham here. Smithfield Ham. It's like it's just like a fancy ham shop. Yeah. It's and, where you go to get have, like fancy ham. But they also like now package Smithfield Ham and sell it in like grocery stores too. Oh, that's too. true. So yeah. you may have seen Smithfield Ham. Yeah. So we're about to learn where that came from. So they called him the Smithfield quote-unquote ham man and his <laughs> century quote-unquote pet ham. <laughs> so Perk Purveyor and originator of this famous Smithfield Ham, P.D. Gwaltney Jr. <laughs> what a great... At least it's Gwaltney, yeah. not Gwaltney Ham. It's Smithfield Yeah, that's Smithfield is easy. I wonder if that was because Smithfield was easier to say. Yeah, I think maybe he's just from that's Smithfield, what, Virginia. That's what happened with Dr. Seuss. His real last name was Geisel, but he had concerns that people would be able to pronounce it. Yeah. So, Gwaltney. It's like <laughs> Waltney, but with a G. It's like if you're not good at saying Walt Disney. Gwaltney. Disney. Gwalt, Gwaltney. I went to Gwaltney World. <laughs> Please comment on my Facebook status yeah. later and be like, you can go to Gwaltney World. No, I can't wait for you to go to Gwaltney World. <laughs> Bring me back a ham. So P.D. Gwaltney Jr. found his... That's my favorite thing, though. Is I, can't, I can't get through the story because, like, he's even a junior. I know. And what, and what does P.D. mean? I don't know. Public displays? Public display of Gwaltney's. Maybe his middle name is of ham. Of ham. So he's P.D.O.H. Gwaltney. <laughs> 
found his best friend completely by accident. As he was looking through his warehouse in 1922, he came across a 20-year-old ham that had miraculously escaped shipping. As a testament to the curing process his company used, the ham appeared remarkably appetizing, even if it had lost some 65% of its original weight over the years. 65%? Yeah. How big was this fucking ham? It was a big ham. Because it's still pretty big. Oh my god, that's a chunky boy. That's a chunky boy. Maybe don't buy Smithfield ham at the grocery store. Maybe do, it's going to last you a long time. Realizing the potential meatiness of the situation... The pork huckster bolted into action. Pork With huckster. instincts of a showman, Gwaltney took out a $1,000 insurance policy on his newfound friend and set his sights on the future. I'm sorry, what year was this? How much money are we talking in terms 1922. of- 1922. All right, I'm going to look up how much $1,000 of 1922 money is worth today. How long might his pet ham last, he wondered. By most accounts, the unlikely duo was inseparable from then on. <sighs> it's un- inseparable- the ham is not sentient. The ham cannot separate from Gwaltney. Gwaltney just takes this ham around. How much is $1,000 in 1922? According to Inflation Calculator, and keep in mind this is for 2018, but $1,000 in 1922 is about equivalent to $15,000 today. He took out a $15,000 life insurance policy on a ham. You guys. On a 20-year-old on ham. On a 20-year-old ham. Oh my god. <laughs> So they were inseparable from then on. <laughs> they better be for twenty or $50,000. Like a proud parent, Gwaltney would drag his ham to exhibitions, food fairs, get together, anywhere ham loving and buying, people <laughs> might gather. I wonder if the ham went through a rebellious phase where he's like, no dad, this is your dream, not mine, he slams his ham door. But even with this extra burden, I don't think it's a burden, I'm sure he loved it. Extra Gwalt- piggin? Gwaltney bird, bird never jokes. felt... Hamstrung. Oh my god. Did I write this book? I think so. (laughs) Far from it. In fact, this friendly pairing was only getting started. In 1932, Ripley's Believe It or Not would feature Gwaltney's pal as the world's oldest ham, an (laughs) honor that would bring with it national recognition. I would argue that I'm the world's oldest ham. But um... But um... But... Also, like, oh my god, Ripley's, I choose not to believe it. <laughs> For 14 long years, the two bosom buddies <laughs> moved happily about in gastronomic circles until one awful day in 1936 Uh-oh. when Galtney headed off to a big curing center in the sky. Oh, Would this no. tragic event signal the end of his beloved porker as well? Not a ham chance. I'm sorry. For some reason, when you said Gwaltney, I was like, okay, finally, the ham is gone. But no, no, no. he died before the ham did. Gwaltney entered the curing place place in the sky. sky. My God. Not a ham chance. (laughs) Happily rescued by the residents of Smithfield, Virginia, Gwaltney's pride and joy... That's why it's Smithfield Gwaltney's pride and joy would indeed carry on. In 2002, the ham celebrated its 100th birthday. I'm having a nervous breakdown about this ham. (laughs) Today, the porker seems none the worse for wear as it begs for notice at Smithfield's quaint Isle of Wright Museum. Holy shit, it's still there. We have to go. 
They are stored beneath, sa stored safely beneath protective glass. The legendary mascot rests beside a life-size cardboard cutout of its one-time beloved master. We have to go see the ham, <laughs> Sasha. Occasionally, visitors sight wistful glances between Gwaltney and the ham as they <laughs> together ride out eternity side by shank. I like that he started out as friends, but that that friendship very realistically blossomed into a little romance between him and the ham. Right? For all, for the sake of all that's strange, we can only hope these folks aren't lying. A man and his meat, such as it were, should never be trifled with. Wow. You yeah. can't beat that meat. I feel better now. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you are feeling better now. I am. I feel much better now about cults and ham. Ham. <sighs> yeah, see? So we brought it back up. We brought it back up. I could have told you a ghost story, but, but I bookmarked that for another day. <laughs> Hamtastic. Hamtastic. Well, thanks y'all for listening. Go to your I hope you made store. it this far because yeah. that was a good story. <laughs> that was that was something. I I hope you go to the grocery store and get a Smithfield ham and send know us, that it send comes. Send us a photo. Send us a photo of you with a Smithfield ham. And we'll send you a sticker. Save you it don't have to buy it. You can just take a picture of yourself with it in the grocery store. And like save a it for person. twenty years longer because it's still it's there. It's hundred. It's one hundred years old. That ham. Is well, it's a hundred and seventeen now. Oh my god. That's an old ham. Yeah, did you see that? If the Hot Foot Society had survived, the Hot Foot Society would be the same age as that ham. Would it have, like, do you think Paul Bunyan wore the ham? Maybe that's the ham he ice skated with that one time when he Maybe. was oiling up the griddle. Where did it go? You, there, the ham has a tag on it, like a brass tag, and it yeah, says... Yeah, it's like a fancy ham. It says P.D. Gwaltney on it. <laughs> Which still didn't help me figure out what the hell PD stands for. Again, public displays of ham. Public displays. Gwaltney. Gwaltney. Yeah, so have... Oh, see? Look. Oh, wow, yeah. Gwaltney's like Pet it. Ham, cured in 1902 at Smithfield, Virginia by P.D. Gwaltney Jr. All right, so remember last year when we had the sarcophagus juice, let us drink it? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Gwaltney's Pet Ham. Let Let's us eat, eat it. it. Let's all go get some ham, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, up. if you take a picture of yourself with a Smithfield ham in the grocery store, or if you just happen to have one in your fridge, we'll send you a sticker. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Send us any spooky stories to spoophour at gmail.com. What's the oldest ham in your family? We don't have any stories right now, so you send us one. You can fix that. You can fix it. Tell us about your ghosts and your monsters and your hams and your... Or your favorite ghost story you've ever heard. Yeah, we'll take that too. Yeah. Whatever. We're coming up on October. We did it in October where it was just share your favorite creepypasta, yeah. share your favorite ghost story. You can go ahead and start sharing those now and we'll compile them. Maybe we'll do an episode on spooky Woo-hoo. ghost stories. So thanks for listening. Have a great week. Me. You guys, this past Friday was Friday the 13th. For us, it's tomorrow. I'm wearing a dress with black cats on it because it's going to be cold. I'm not going to be at work tomorrow, All but right. my department chair put her black cat and then another co-worker's black cat as like the intro photos of the slide the, pr- nice. the slides presentation and then she printed out a picture of a ladder and taped it to the top of her door so everyone has to walk under a ladder before they walk into her classroom <laughs> I love it for so, a department meeting I'm at the point now in my work year where I literally have calendar reminders going off every two to three hours to mm. remind me of a different task that has to get done that day and so I decided thank you for petting my head I decided <laughs> to encourage myself when I set up these reminders I put like wholesome memes in each mm. one just like a cute shit mm-hmm. so like today's was a red panda eating a vegetable that said may the force be with you and then I felt empowered to do the task affiliated with that calendar reminder tomorrow's 
and this is a spoiler for myself, but I know it's in there. It's a picture of a black cat attacking a flip-flop, and it says, your soul is mine, S-O-L-E. I'm really excited for that reminder uh, to go I off. Hope, we hope you had a good Friday the 13th. We hope you pet some black cats. We're hoping you're having a ham-tastic day. I, yeah, have a ham sandwich. <laughs> Take a picture of yourself with a ham sandwich. <laughs> Tweet it at us. Ham! Ham! Hey there, it's Allison Carter. I'm the host of the podcast, Not Your Little Lady. Each episode features a woman living in the South outside of socially accepted norms. Listen and relate as these women share stories about obstacles they faced and how it feels to come out on the other side. We talk about things that pissed us off, the booze we like to drink, and historical women who have made a difference. Through all this, we explore the importance of women owning their past, present, and future while keeping it light and funny. You can find episodes, which are released every other Wednesday, on most podcast listening apps or at notyourlittlelady.com. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Ladies of NYLL and on Facebook and Instagram at Not Your Little Lady. Happy listening, y'all. Mmm. Mmm. I'm gonna eat this cookie real quick. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pumpkin flavor in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not I wasn't disappointed that it was pumpkin spice. Mm-hmm. But I was sad that it wasn't maple. Yeah. But like these are good. These are really good because usually pumpkin spice flavored stuff mm-hmm. isn't like very strongly yeah. flavored, but this is not. It's cute. Let's get flower on the side. I know. Um, yeah, no, I really like this. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking for our Patreon, we can just have an episode where we review snacks. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Just do that. Yeah. I'm we can realizing just do like a now. whole pumpkin spice episode. Go to, you know, Giant always has like seasonal flavors. Oh, yeah. Just buy we'll everything just... pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice coffee creamer. Let's just drink it straight. <laughs> I'm realizing this all goes at the end of the episode yeah. now. But um, that's fine. Especially all the quiet chewing. Yeah, all of us like <laughs> contemplating, hmm, there's hmm. a lot of flavor in this cookie. 